We, uh, we're about to celebrate Thanksgiving this week, so I, th- I wanted to give you some facts about Thanksgiving. The first Thanksgiving was in 1621. It was a three-day festival celebrated as a community of Native Americans and settlers. Now, these settlers had lost almost everything in the trip over here, and so they, had, they, they were in, in dire straits but it was written that they celebrated with boundless faith in God. That's a quote, boundless faith in God. Over a hundred years later, George Washington proclaimed the first Thanksgiving to be celebrated as a nation. And here's part of the first presidential proclamation he wrote in 1789. It is up here behind me. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation... Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to to recommend to the people of these United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledged acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that ever will be. That was the, pres- the proclamation of George Washington, and it, and it set the first Thanksgiving. Now, Thanksgiving was being celebrated, but it was a- at a lot of different times of the year, and so it was Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War in 1863, he made Thanksgiving the last Thursday of November for the whole country, so that the whole country would be meeting for Thanksgiving on the same day. Now, I want you to, have you ever thought about these people, the first people that that celebrated Thanksgiving, had nearly nothing. They had only what they could, they they had a subsistence living. They were living hand to mouth. They only had what they could grow, what they could get from the forest, and what they could get from the ocean. They had nothing else. They were living in, in houses that they cobbled together themselves. They had lost most of their possessions on the, on the trip here in, over the ocean. And so they had nearly nothing, and they had no government assistant programs to get anything. They had no food stamps. They had, no, they had nothing but what they, they could get with their own two hands. And they celebrated for three days in boundless faith in God. And then, then we have... Then we have uh, George Washington, who, who fought the War of Independence, who, who knew the icy waters of Valley Forge. He proclaims for the nation a day of thanksgiving. Then we have Abraham Lincoln in the midst of a, of a heartbreaking civil war, claiming what day of the, of the, the year it would be for the whole country. You know, it seems the, the, the more we have, the less thank, thankful we get. You know, only in America 
would we have Black Friday, the day where we trample each other for the best price on a TV, the day after we give thanks for what we have? You know? Only in America. And Thanksgiving is a distinctive holiday. It doesn't celebrate a, uh, the anniversary of something. It doesn't celebrate somebody's birthday. It doesn't celebrate anything but the idea of in faith in God, celebrating who God is and what God has done. Our nation's gratitude to God. That's the only point of Thanksgiving. We've lost this over time. How many, how many times have you heard it called Turkey Day? It's not Turkey Day. It's Thanksgiving. Because we as a nation gather and give thanks to, a, to an almighty God who has done so much for us. We tend to think of the material things when we, when we give thanks. Thanks for my car, my house. And that's not wrong. But Thanksgiving as a holiday was never about material things. In fact, uh, at one point, uh, Franklin Roosevelt actually moved the, uh, the, the Thanksgiving holiday from the last Thursday to the third Thursday of November for the specific reason of giving more shopping time until Christmas. They, they, they actually called it Franksgiving for a couple of, uh, of years. But within two years, it was gone. It was back to, the, to its original purpose, back to the last Thursday of the month where it still is today. And, and back to its original purpose of giving thanks to God for who He is and what He's done for us. I want to turn your attention to Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is a hymn of thanksgiving. In fact, it was actually sung when they entered the temple uh, and were giving the, the offering of thanks, the, the thanks offering that they would give. So let's read Psalm 100. It is, it is up here behind me. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. And we are His, His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good and His faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. Now what I want you to notice about this psalm, it's very short, obviously, uh, five verses in our Bible. and, uh, And it has a progression to it that I want you to see. It starts out with making a joyful noise or shouting to the Lord, and it says the whole earth should do this. The whole earth should shout to the Lord. This is praise. Praise God. Do you have something to praise God for? I think we all do, don't we? Don't every one of us have something to praise God for? Has He provided in a, in a time where you not, never saw it coming? Has he blessed you when, when you deserved curse? We all have something to praise God for. Shout to the Lord his praise. Then it says to, to serve the Lord with gladness or worship the Lord with gladness. And interestingly enough, this word in Hebrew is the same. It can be translated either serve or worship. Now, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because what we serve, we worship. When we serve others, when we, when we spend our lives 
serving other people, we, that shows our worship of God because that's who, what He tells us to do. But if we spend our life serving ourselves, we are worshiping ourselves. What we serve, we worship. What we worship, we serve. And the Hebrew word is literally the same and can be translated either way. Then it says, come into his presence with singing. So you see how this starts with kind of a wide view. The whole earth is to shout praise to the Lord, but then, then it narrows in to worship or serve the Lord and then come into his presence. This is a way of intimacy with God. This is a path of intimacy with God. Praise, then worship and serving, then coming into his presence. And, and look what the reward is. It says joyfulness, gladness, singing, shouting. These are, the, these are the rewards of the presence of God. These, are the, these, are, these come into our lives, joy and gladness and singing and shouting to the Lord and worship and praise. All these come into our lives in the presence of God. And then the next verse, it tells us why. It says, acknowledge that the Lord is God. The Lord, He is God. You've heard me say it from this platform before, but I'm going to say it again. There is a God, and it ain't you. It ain't me either. It's Him. He's God. And, and we can see how this is laid out. There's a, there's a definition of roles here, because it says we are His. He made us. We're His people, the sheep of His pasture. You can see that He, he literally gives us this is God, this is us. We, we, we have a, a definition of roles. We tend to get these roles reversed, but this is how it is. God made you. You know, uh, and, I, and I would say that he's still making you. I, I say again, uh, this from this, this platform all the time, God's not done with you yet. He's still working on you. He is still making you. He is still forming you into the image of his son. With every experience of worship and praise and thanksgiving, he is forming you into the image of his son. Ruth Graham Bell had a sign put on her tombstone, something that she had seen on a highway sign. Her tombstone says, end of construction, thank you for your patience. That's true of all of us, isn't it? We're all still under construction. We're all still being made. And we are being formed more and more into the image of His Son with every praise, with every worship, with every experience of coming into His presence. And then we see the pattern repeat. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. You see how this, again, increases in intimacy. We start with the gates, then we go to, to the courts, then to the presence. Remember, this is patterned after the temple. And remember, the writer of this psalm, the temple was the, the, the physical manifestation of God. It was the presence of God. And so you enter from the outside. You enter through the gates and, and through the courts and to his presence. That's the, the, the vision we're given here. So we have, once again, we have thanksgiving, praise, thanks, and blessing his name. 
And then verse 5 tells us the why again. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. I, uh, I have often said this is on, honestly just my opinion. But I think every believer has to wrestle with the statement God is good. Because stuff comes into our lives that, that make us perhaps doubt that. That make us think, well, if God is good, why did this happen? Every believer has to wrestle with the statement, God is good. Have you wrestled with it in your own life? Wrestle with it. Go go after it. Seek it. Because what you will find is that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God is good. He is, the, he is the author of everything good, as, as, uh, as George Washington said. Everything good that ever was, ever will be, is God. And then we have the, the steadfast love, or faithful love, endures forever. We, uh, you've heard me talk about this word as well. This Hebrew word, chesed, actually, is, is the word that, that's translated in it. And it may be in your Bible, it may say mercy, it may say loving kindness, it may say faithful love, it may say, say uh, uh, steadfast love. It, it's a word that doesn't go from Hebrew to English easily. Now, every Hebrew word has a picture attached to it. And the picture of this word is a mother nurturing and coddling her infant. So, how would you describe that in English? Steadfast love, faithful love, mercy, loving kindness, kindness, mercy. It's all of those, isn't it? It just doesn't come into one word in English well. And that's the picture we're given of God's love and care for you. So this psalm includes praise and worship and thanksgiving. And I want to I kind of draw some lines for you. Praise is for what God has done. We praise God for our salvation. We praise God for his protection, for his provision for us, for everything that that he has given us. We praise him. Worship is about who God is. That's why it can also be served. Because we we worship God for who he is. He is the creator. He's, as this psalm says, he's the maker of everything and everyone. So we worship God because of who he is. We praise God for what he's done. But the beauty of thanksgiving is thanksgiving does both. It transcends both. Because thanksgiving says, I know God is the giver. And I, I, I thank him for what he's given. So it, it praises both who he is and what he's done. He has done so much in our lives, even in the midst of, of the, the, the current state of our country. He has blessed the United States so much. We give thanks because, it's, because we, we thank him as the giver and we thank him for the gift he's given. The Thanksgiving holiday that we're gonna, that we, we celebrate this, this coming Thursday. It was born from people who had nothing, but thanked God for everything they had 
with boundless faith in God. It was first proclaimed by, by the president who had fought at the, in the icy waters of, the, of Valley Forge, who had fought the, the, the war of independence. It was, it was solidified on the date, still on the calendar for us today, by, a, by the president that was in the midst of a brutal civil war. Thanksgiving's never been about material things. It's never been about the stuff you have. It has always been about who God is and what God has done. So we praise him for all that he has done for us. We worship him as, as our maker and our redeemer. And we thank him as the giver for the gift. In a, in a few moments here, and I, I have a, a brief sermon today. For this reason, it's time to eat. We're going to do something spiritual today and eat. In a few moments, we're going to celebrate that as a church family. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving as a church family. But I wanted to put your mind on the right path for the week. Will you praise his name for what he's done? Will you worship him for who he is? Will you give thanks? Have, have a, a, as, as we talked about Wednesday night, an attitude of gratitude. Because God is the giver of all that's good. Everything that's good in your life, God has given. He is the giver and, he, and, he, and, and we praise him for the gift. That's Thanksgiving. That's what Thanksgiving's supposed to be. So before we, we fire into this, uh, this awesome meal that we're about to have together, let's take a moment, shall we? Let's take a moment and pray. Let's give thanks. Father, we thank you for who you are. As the author of all that's good. Everything good in our lives came from you. We thank you, Father, as the giver of, of everything we have, every blessing. Let us this week bless your name. Let us this week seek your presence as we focus on who you are and what you've done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.